everyone. Welcome to another episode of The 20-Something Mom. I'm Mackenzie Frank, your host, and today I want to introduce you to one of my very best friends. I've been friends with her since elementary school. My friend Ashley, she's the one I was talking about last week who had a baby in the car. So I want to jump into this episode Um, in this interview with her, get her on the phone. But first, I want to let you know that this is a multi-part series. So we're going to be talking today a lot about pregnancy and uh, each trimester, things to expect along the way throughout your pregnancy journey after taking baby home and tips and tricks that we learned that you can use through your pregnancy and newborn stage that helped us. So without further ado, let's jump on in. Hello, Ashley. Thank you so much for coming on. So excited to have you. Thank you for having me. So before we get started, well, first of all, how's your afternoon going? I know I talked to you this morning, but I don't know, like, how's it been this afternoon? (laughs) It's good. I did like all my floors this morning. Like I vacuumed, I swept, and I mopped all my floors. And while I was on the phone with you earlier, they destroyed everything. Like Maverick got into cereal and smashed cereal over the floor, which is like a common thing these days. So I'm getting into cereal. And so I just had to redo all of my floors again. It was so annoying. Oh my God. Why do these children like just throw food everywhere? I just don't understand that. That's Jagger's favorite thing. Good about yeah well you're pretty good about making her like stay in the kitchen but my kids I'm not so good at it so my living room was like trash with cereal I don't know I feel like I'm getting worse with that because she doesn't eat so now I'm just like okay meal on the floor okay you want to eat there this here like get last night Dan wasn't home so we were eating frozen pizza on the couch oh my goodness you white everything I'm not gonna end well I know so anyway, first of all, let let me let you introduce yourself a little bit. So I'm Ashley. I have three kids. I have Adeline, who's four. Eliana is two. And Maverick is one. So they're all 18 months apart, which is pretty fun. Um, and yeah, I stay at home with them. We do some homeschooling and married my... I don't know. I guess it was a boyfriend then from high school, just like you did. So that's fun. High school sweetheart, right? Yeah. And you guys were real high school sweethearts because you both went to the same high school. Like me and Dan was out of high school, but you guys are like the real definition, I feel like. Yeah, but you were in high school, so it still counts. Okay. (laughs) So, okay. So last week I teased on the last episode about... The fact that I have a friend that gave birth in the car and you don't, I don't think you can even understand how many, well, you probably do because you probably got this, but so many people wrote into me like, I need to hear this story. What, what, what happened? How did this happen? So I'm going to let you have the floor and tell us the whole thing. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. It's actually like, I don't know. I feel like it happens easier than people would think, but my first baby was, um, induced. So I had group B strep and so I had to get induced even though my water was just like leaking. So I probably could have gone into labor naturally, but they had to induce me say to put me on antibiotics or whatever. So it was just like a really long labor, like 20 hours. And I got an epidural after like, I don't know, 16 hours or whatever. <clears throat> so I didn't know what labor really felt like because I never did it naturally. Like I never went into labor on my own really. I never felt it because once I made that decision to get an epidural the first time I was just like 
oh, you know, I'm kind of getting a little uncomfortable, so I should probably get an epidural for two weeks. And so I never felt really any pain or anything. And so with my second, they told me like, oh, it's going to go a lot quicker, so just be prepared for that. But my first had been 20 hours, so I'm thinking, okay, what's it going to be, six hours maybe? And from first, like, realizing that I was having contractions till she was born was less than two hours. And we lived 45 minutes from the hospital, so that was not happening. (laughs) And so... I woke up in the morning, it was like 7 o'clock in the morning, and I just was like feeling crampy, just not feeling great, and once I realized that I might be in labor, my husband was in the shower, I told him he should hurry up, but he thought I was joking, so he like took extra long to be funny, and by the time he got out of the shower, my contractions had really picked up, so he brought our older daughter 15 minutes away, so 30 minutes round trip. By the time he got back, my contractions were already two minutes apart. And I didn't realize that that meant like, that you were really gonna have your baby soon because I never really felt them with my first. So we got in the car and he told me that we were gonna go to like our local hospital, which is only, it was probably five minutes away at the time. It was really close. And I told him that I didn't want to, and we were gonna go 45 minutes away to the hospital that I had picked out and that our OBGYN office had worked with so even though he really didn't want to he decided to just listen to me and go and my main reason was I wanted an epidural and I didn't trust the smaller hospital doing it so we went and we only got like 25 minutes from home into like the 45 minute trip and I felt my water break and then I just I felt her my water breaking was her head coming out so I told him he had to pull over and call an ambulance. And so he pulled into a parking lot. It's like eight something in the morning at this point. So people are getting to work. We're at a, we pulled into like a workplace. So people are getting to work. They're like gathering around to see what's going on. It's the middle of winter. It's January 29th. It's snowing out. It's cold. And he just opened the passenger door and I was sitting on the passenger seat and he pulled my pants down. My pants are still on at this <gasps> point. Her head is out. My pants are completely on. <laughs> my underwear on, everything. So he pulled them down, and she, like, he just pulled her out the rest of the way. And, you know, she wasn't breathing right away. So he had seen them do this with my first. He just kind of, you know, smacked her a little bit, and she started breathing and crying. And he wrapped her up in a blanket and put her on me. And he was on the phone with 911. <laughs> And he was like trying to, when the ambulance got there, they didn't get there for like 10 minutes after she was born. He was like, he had already pulled his shoelace out of his shoe to tie off the umbilical cord because we didn't have anything. And so when we got to the hospital and the ambulance, he had driven behind us. He's like running into the hospital with his shoelace off his shoe, his shoes flopping around. Oh. Wait, so, <laughs> so back up. So, you're in the parking lot. Pe- this is like a turnaround spot, right? Where like people pull in, they leave their car. Like a what is that called? Like a commuter um, lot? No, it's an actual. It's a business. Like it's a. It's a day program. Oh. For white people with disabilities. No. So there's people getting to work. So were people surrounding you? Were you screaming? Like we're like walking. I didn't make a peep, and that's why my husband thought that like we weren't actually gonna have a baby in the car because the whole time. I was just kind of like grinning my teeth and, you know, 
like keeping to myself. I didn't make a peek the entire time. And even as she's coming out? Remember, even as she's coming out, yeah. Oh. She was out. She came out on her, like, her head was out. And he just pulled her out there. So I didn't push one time. <gasps> I was trying to hold it in. He popped out. And then he just pulled her out the rest of the way. I did not push at all. Oh, my. Was that is crazy. So then were you, like, did you get, like, emotional? Like, were you nervous about, like, the circumstances? It was just all so crazy. So when the ambulance got there, the they don't deal with that stuff very often. Like, you would think that they do, but they don't. And so they were pretty, um, like, insensitive to it. They had me, like, get up and walk from my car to the stretcher. Like, it was, like, five steps. So I had no pants on the middle of winter. So that was pretty weird. And then um, it's just, like, a like her birth certificate. It's not like for her location of birth it doesn't have like a place it just has like a road and like her time she doesn't really have a time she was born we don't know it was like sometime between 8 20 and 8 30 and so just like there's like a few things like that are special about her that you know or because she was born in a car she has a weird belly button because of that really like what yeah they tied her umbilical cord differently and like, cause the ambulance people did it and they don't do it the same way they do it in hospitals, but you'd think it would be like a uniform way. And so she just has like a strange looking belly button because of it. It's cute, but it's weird. And I can show you pictures like when she was a baby, newborn. Wow. Like it was different than other kids. Yeah, they put like a, I don't know, it's just different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So then you get into the hospital and I mean, you just had a full blown baby. Like, w was everybody rushing up to you? Like, did doctors like, did they take her away to do testing? Like, how does that work? No. So I waited to deliver the placenta. So I mean, if nobody, if somebody listening hasn't had a baby, you, you know, you have your baby, but then you have to push out a placenta too. Like, you actually have to, it doesn't just like come out on its own, you, have, you know, I mean, they can pull it out, but it's easier if you just push, do a little push and it comes out or whatever. And um, so I had to deliver the placenta still. And, you know, they were just like weighing her and like measuring her, checking her out because they didn't do any of that yet. So they were checking her out. They did that to me and like checked me out, made sure I was doing okay. And... Um, people kept popping their heads in like, oh, we just had to come see the car, baby. You know, we, you know, they kept saying, we have people have babies in the parking lot, but not usually on the side of the road. So they were pretty oh. interested in it. Wow. And so was, was your husband super shook, like shaken up? Was he, or he, he's just cool, calm and collected at all times. He, so he was shaken up by it, but he would never be able to tell so, so how yeah he said that like when he's doing it I could never tell he's shaking up but then he said like you know he was driving behind us and so we were in the ambulance and he was in our car behind us or whatever on the way to the hospital and he like kind of took a second and um just kind of like collected himself after all of that oh my gosh yeah I can't imagine being like having to step in so fast like that, and then you just have to drop, like, okay, go drive your car behind your wife and your newborn baby in the front of you. Like, that's such an odd thing, I feel like. Yeah, like, they told him you could come with us, but then when it's time to, like, go home from the hospital, we don't have a vehicle, and, you know, it just yeah. it's easier or whatever. 
a whole nother situation. Um, yeah, I just got to figure out, like, what to do with the car and all that mess. Oh, my gosh. So what did you do with the mess? So he was so good about, like, when we were in the hospital, he kept going out there and taking, like, the the hospital blankets that they give you for your babies or whatever and, like, soaking up the seat. Because it wasn't, like, blood and everything. It was just stuff you couldn't see. It was just really wet in there. Oh. And, um... Yeah, so he was kept like soaking it up, but it was winter, so it wasn't really drying because it was just kind of freezing and staying wet, you know. And um, so on the way home, he put down like a plastic bag and then like a towel for me that the hospital gave him, but it still soaked through. So like when we got home, my butt was all wet. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was actually like the closest I've ever been to an emotional breakdown after having a baby and like coming home from the hospital because we got home and we had run out of oil while we were in the hospital so our house was freezing cold and I was like home with this brand new baby and our one and a half year old not even one and a half yet and he had to leave to go get you know stuff for the oil tank and he left me there with the two kids and my butt soaking wet so I can't even like sit on the couch oh and your car's all full of fluids (laughs) Oh, my birthday is January 18th, and I had her January. Hold on, you broke up for a second. What'd you say? So your birthday's on January 18th. You had the baby on the 29th. For my birthday, I randomly from, like, my husband's grandmother got a gift card to get my car detailed. And I had told one of my husband's aunts, like, who would ever get this for someone who, like, I have a one and a half year old. It's the middle of winter. I have a minivan, like. I don't, it's not new, it's not nice, I don't need it detailed, it's just going to get trashed, I have little kids in my car all the time, you know, it's just like a weird present, she said, well, maybe if you have a baby in the car, you're going <gasps> to want to get detailed, she said that, and so when I text her, I have a screenshot, and I send it to her every year, because it pops up, but I have a screenshot that I sent her, that I sent her a text that morning, I said, remember that joke you made about um, having a baby in the car, she goes, um, yeah, why? And then I, like, sent her a picture of Eliana, and I said, you know, ate something this morning in the car, and oh, me I have full body chills. That is so bizarre. Like, what foreshadowing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And then the poor people that had to detail my car, we didn't even tell them. We just, like, dropped it off and left it. <laughs> oh. Hey, by the way. That is so good. And so Eliana is healthy, almost three-year-old, so cute. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. Your Crazy. wild child. When I, yeah, when I had my first baby, they told me, you know, she was just the sweetest, quietest, nicest thing. Like, she didn't cry in the hospital. I thought something was wrong with her because she was crying. And the nurse came in and she told me, she's like, no, she's just going to be like a really nice girl, you know. Usually the first 24 hours is like a good indicator of their personality. And I looked at the lady and I, once she left, I told my husband, I said, that's, that's the most crazy thing I've ever heard. Obviously, that's not going to show her personality for her entire life. And then when we got to the hospital with Eliana, I had the same nurse come and tell me the same exact thing. After seeing it be true for my first one, I was like, no, 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 you can't say that to me right now. <gasps> sure enough, she's been absolutely insane since the day she was born. Oh my gosh, that is just such a story. 
Well, and then it doesn't stop there because you have Mr. Maverick, who is one years old, and you had... So now, I really love talking to you about this because you had your first OB um, birth, and that was induction, epidural, and then we talked about Eliana, who was still OB, but you didn't really... You went through an OB... What um, office, but you didn't really make it there, so you had her in the car. No pain meds, obviously nothing. And then we go come to Maverick, and you switch to a midwife practice. Yeah. So on your last episode, you had talked about like your little scare with Jagger and the blood work that they had done, right? Yep. So we had something kind of similar where we had an ultrasound, and you know they talked about this bleed under my placenta so it's basically like a bubble underneath the middle of my placenta which can make it like detach easier because it's not firmly against you know the side of your uterus and so they like kind of really freaked me out about it made a big deal about it and then my breaking point with them I had a nine-month-old baby I had a not even two-year-old and I was pregnant and I was in the office and both my kids are crying and they asked me to do a drug test and they were explaining to me that it was you know just a procedural thing that they have to do for all pregnant people now sorry i'm an attack dog um (laughs) all pregnant now and it's just something that i have to do if i want to be seen there and i said well can i do it you know on my next appointment i won't bring the kids find a babysitter it'll be easier because i'm like baby wearing both of them at the time they're both crying and they told me no like I had to do it right then and there so that was like my final straw with them like if you can't even be a little flexible with me then I need to go find somewhere else and I switched to a midwife and it was like the best decision I ever made I loved going there yeah and so I like I said, I had the same, pretty much same thing. I just, I, I just kept having people tell me, and we went to the same midwife practice, and I love it. There's a huge misconception when it comes to midwives and um, the whole thing. People think, oh wow, you're gonna have your baby at home. That's scary. But we both delivered in a hospital. I mean, it just, it's almost like having a doula, but you can have a doula also. Um, which a doula is? Would you call that just kind of like a, a, almost like personal assistant that like knows exactly what how to support you through pregnancy or childbirth yeah and I think a doula I mean you have to hire a doula and I think that a midwife is basically I would say like a free doula that's what I mean yeah so like for for me I just loved the fact that I was able to have that support that comfort and and we've talked about this many times like we like I feel like I had such a relaxing birthing experience. There was no doctors rushing in and out and, you know, blood flying and all the things that like Dan apparently assumed was going to happen. It was more of like a like a meditation session, I feel like, and then she kind of came. <laughs> yeah, so midwives are like completely different experiences with my OB. It was very medical. So my first, you know, I was hooked to IVs. I was you know, they want to do laying on your back, you know, someone holding your feet, and which some people will do that even if they have a midwife because that's just what's comfortable or whatever. But they want to do in like that traditional birthing position. And before she was coming out, they got like this table with all this medical equipment out and it was just freaky. And then with the midwife, I had called her in because, you know, I felt like it was time to start pushing. And she was like, okay. 
And she didn't really say anything. She didn't say to do anything. She was like, okay, what do you want to do? And I had said, you know, oh, I don't know what I want to do. And she was like, do you want to try, like, standing up? Do you want to, you know, she kind of, like, offered me all these things. And I just kind of, I ended up, like, laying on my back when I had them anyways, just because that's how it ended up working out. But it was a totally different experience than with the OB. Yeah, I felt the exact same way. A big part of birthing experiences and, and all that is feeling comfortable with the people that are having your, you know, delivering your baby. And I have a friend that, you know, heard me rant and rave about this midwife practice, but ended up staying with their OB because she just had a really good connection from the get-go. So it's just really just personal preference, but I think everybody should try it. I mean, you know, have an interview if you're pregnant and, you know, you can try that route. We we are both two people that had amazing experiences with it and I couldn't recommend it more highly if I tried. No, for sure. And like, like I said, I went through my whole first baby with the OB and I didn't have any bad experiences. Like it was fine. And I had no desire to switch it. And then my same on my whole second pregnancy, you know, it was, it was fine. But once I tried the midwife, I realized like, no, there was nothing really broken about the other thing until, you know, my third pregnancy. But, like, the quality, it's just, like, I don't know, it's just so, once you switch, it was so much better of an experience. Yeah, definitely. I, I 100% agree. So... Um, another thing that I wanted to talk to you about is kind of like pregnancy in general. And for those out there listening, um, that are pregnant for the first time, you know, can we walk through kind of like, um, pregnancy as a whole and anything that you feel could be helpful? I'd love for you to share if we could start out, like, you know, you find out you're pregnant, you get this pregnancy test, um, you find out you're pregnant and then you have to, if you find out early enough, you still have to wait. Like for me, I found out at like five weeks and I had to wait until I was eight weeks till I could go get the internal ultrasound to find out my due date. Yeah, so if you find out, I didn't find out until later with most of mine. <clears throat> so that was, there wasn't like a whole lot of waiting for me, but yeah, so you have to, you know, you get your test and then they want to see you in the office and they'll, you're first visit is really so crazy because they just do another pregnancy test and they just confirm it's like they call it a confirmation appointment they just confirm that you're pregnant that's it and then after that then they'll do you know your ultrasound like the dating one that they give you your due date and they'll measure the baby and they can see the heartbeat and stuff on it so that one's pretty fun because that's the first time you get to do that and then you're not seen again for close to 12 weeks well you're seen i think one more time but not for an ultrasound or anything. Yeah, so yeah, you're 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 seen, but then you only get get to see your baby at 20 weeks, which is like at that point is a full-blown baby. Like nose. Yeah, and they look like a real baby and it's just so crazy. I mean, for me, I had I was able to well, I wasn't able to I, didn't, I wish I didn't have to deal with this, but I had to go to a specialist like I was saying and um, I think on the last episode and I had to, and I got a, I think it was like a 13 week or 12 week, um, ultrasound as well. So I got to see her, um, in the middle of that first ultrasound and then the 20 week anatomy scan. So that was a little bit different. Um, but normally you only see your baby, you know, the internal when they're a little jelly bean, 
gummy bear and then the 20 week anatomy skin. Did you ever get a 3D ultrasound with I did. So I got two of them because where I went, um, I think we did it at like third, I think we did it at like 33 weeks and then Jagger just wasn't cooperating. So she was like, oh, come back next week when you're 34 weeks and we'll see her better. And we did. So we got to see her a ton at the end. Oh, that's fun. Was Dan able to go to that with COVID and everything? Yeah. So he was able to actually go to the first, it was in January when I had my first ultrasound with, when I was like eight weeks. And he got to hear the heartbeat and he got to experience that. But then my whole pregnancy, he wasn't able to come. And then the 3D ultrasound is not something that like the OB or the midwives provide you. So that's something you outsource. And we went to this place called A Tiny Perspective and they had different protocols. So he was able to come in and it was a private thing and we paid for it separately. And yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was so fun to see and get to see her. But um I think the whole ultrasound anatomy scan is really nerve-wracking for a lot of people and I think part of the reason for that is that a lot of the time like you don't really you don't get to see your baby like I was saying at all throughout the pregnancy until that and then it's like okay now they're like they're fully developed wouldn't you not fully developed like ready to be born but like they're fully they look like a full baby and it's just so nerve-wracking walking into that, don't you think? Yeah, of course. You just want everything to be okay, and you just want everything to look good, and you really have no idea if anything's wrong because up until then, you know, you just saw a blob, and then you heard their heartbeat or whatever, and that's it. So you have no idea what's going on with this baby until you get to that 20 scan. And there's, like, tragic things that happen that they can find out on that scan, and so it's just... It's a lot of anticipation and nerves going into that. And no matter how many kids you have, it doesn't go away or get any like easier for that scan, I feel. I remember somebody saying to me, I think it was my mom, she was saying like, I just was saying to her in the beginning, like, I'm so worried. I'm always just so worried. I just don't want anything to happen. I just don't want to, like, do anything wrong to have anything happen to this baby. And I was only, like, weeks along or something. And she or whoever it was said to me like that will never stop she's like you will have a 20 year old and you will still be worrying and it gets worse when you have the baby i'm like great i did not sign up for this and it's so true you know with jagger now like everything is just you know you just want to be safe you want to be healthy anytime your kid is you haven't dealt with a whole lot of sickness with jagger yet but like when your kids are sick it's just so nerve-wracking even just a cold it's just it's so nerve-wracking you don't want anything to be wrong or anything like that so it's, it never goes away <laughs> no I yeah even when she has a stuffy nose I'm like oh my god my poor kid can't even breathe <laughs> it's so dramatic <laughs> um but yeah so then you get into um the second trimester and that's you know that is 13 weeks to 27 weeks and that's where you have your 20 week anatomy scan and you you pop your belly will pop in the second trimester a lot of times mine did more closer to the third trimester just because she was my first and they say that it takes longer for your first baby right yeah it definitely does it's harder to hide the more babies you have I guess you, I feel like it's to tell people earlier on because 
we wait forever to tell people. I mean, we wait till close to 20 weeks sometimes. And it's got, like, it gets harder and harder every time. You have to wear, like, bigger clothes and, you know, it gets more difficult because you, you pop earlier. Yeah, definitely. And so we get into the third trimester where I feel like is where I learned so many things that I had never known before. Like the like you were saying before, the, the group B strep thing. Like, what the heck is that? I had no idea. Oh, yeah, no. Do you want to explain it? I didn't it? know anything about that. So it's a, a virus, I guess, that just lives in everybody. It's in everybody, and it's either active or inactive. And that can change so many times throughout your life, and you would have no idea. It's not like having strep throat. It has nothing to do with that. You could have it, like, it could be active in me right now, and I would have absolutely no idea. So my first pregnancy, I tested positive for it, which meant that it was active in me when I was pregnant. And so basically, because the bacteria is, or the virus is active, then when you're having your baby, once your water has any break or leak in it the bacteria or virus can get into the babies and then the baby could get sick from it so they start you on antibiotics as soon as you have like a leak in your water or anything of the sort so you have to be hooked up to antibiotics both whole time you're in labor and after labor just to help clean your body and i never tested positive for it again yeah i was so, gonna say because i when I went for my um, one of my appointments at the end of my third trimester, I they just gave me like a swab. They were like, oh, go stick this up you, get us a little sample, and we're going to test you for the group B thing, group B strep, whatever it is. And so I had no idea. I was like, okay, like, what does this mean? I was kind of freaking out because I just, I just had no idea. Like, I almost thought it was like, in my head, I was like waiting for like a, an STD result. Like, that's how I felt. Like... You know, when you so go, when I got that positive, it was, they didn't do the best explaining it to me. The first doctor that I saw, and then the second doctor was like, no, we get people this all the time. This is what it means. This is what you have to do. And it just happens. Like there's nothing you did. You're not sick. You're not dirty. Like none of that. Yeah. And it's super normal. And you know, one of your pregnancies, you could be positive for it. The next, you could be negative. Like it's not, it literally, I can't stress that enough because I feel like so many people are, can freak out about it. And if we can tell people before they find out about, or like, you don't have to deal with that later in the pregnancy, it's, it would be really helpful because it caused me a lot of anxiety, even just waiting for the results. And my came back negative. So, you know, I can't imagine. And it's just not a big deal. You just, it's just good for your doctor to know so that you can, right, get started on the antibiotics when your water breaks. Or, um, you know, that was one of the first things because my water broke at home. So one of the first things when I called into my midwife practice, um, they said, were you positive for group B? And I said, no. So they were like, okay, well, like, you're not in a super, you don't have to rush to the hospital, but how close are your contractions and blah, blah, blah. So that's one thing. Um, the stripping of the membranes, did not know about this at all. Yeah, so I guess it's a way for them. So I am kind of against, like, the, the medical induction. So giving you the Pitocin, which is the medicine that makes your body go into labor. I had that with my first. And there's just, you hear some stories about, like, it causing more hard labor. So I was kind of against that with my third, but they really wanted to induce me in a way because they didn't want me going into labor naturally because I have precipitous labor, which means just very quick labor. And so 
I met my doctor in the office, and you know when you're at, well, when you're at the end of your pregnancy, you can get checked to see if you're dilated. And it's just like an internal exam almost. It doesn't hurt. It's just like a little bit of pressure. It's uncomfortable. It's not really a big deal. So the stripping of the membranes was kind of like that, except I guess the way you would explain it is if you had like, say you had peanut butter smeared to the inside of a plastic cup, and you just took two of your fingers and you just kind of like break that peanut butter off with your fingers, that's basically what she's doing. Oh, that's a good analogy, yeah. Yeah, so it just kind of like opens things up and makes your body think that it's going into labor, I guess. And so when she did that, I was like two centimeters dilated, and we drove straight to the hospital, which was 45 minutes away or whatever, and by the time we got there, it was five centimeters, but I still was not having any contractions. You are meant to have babies. That is why it's so crazy to me because your body just like, it's so crazy. I don't know how, but the thing is, I have, I have to say to the people listening that you are, you have the highest pain tolerance of honestly, I think anybody I know better than my husband. My husband gets a, like has to pop a pimple (laughs) and he's crying on the floor practically. Um, so for me, the membrane stripping, I, did, I don't think it hurt, but it for me, it was like, you know when you get a pap smear at your yearly, and yeah. it almost felt like they were continuously doing that, like scraping, scraping, and it like didn't end for so long. <laughs> I hated it. I, I get so uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable, and it's not, to me, it wasn't painful, but it was not something that, like, I, you know, would want to do, but, I mean, it wasn't a bad experience for me. It didn't hurt, and it definitely kicked her things because I dilated, you know, three more centimeters in 45 minutes. And, you know, that's why they thought that, or that's why they think I had that baby in the car because, I mean, I went three centimeters, that's five centimeters. I still was even having contraction. Wow. Probably closer to seven centimeters. So, you know, if, if I waited till I was having contractions at home, I would have been seven centimeters, then I probably would have had another car baby. Probably. That so, is. After, I still wasn't having contractions or anything after she stripped the membrane and so I was dilating but not contracting well she saw contractions so I wasn't feeling contractions so then she had me pump which is like another you know like with the breast pump and I wasn't getting anything but she had me use the breast pump and she said that that makes everything contract too and so that actually started the contractions for me Wow. Yeah. So, and just to be clear, the stripping of the membranes is something to, I would say, induce labor. Um, it's like a natural way to do that. Um, well, some people will say it's not natural and that's also an, an like intervening, but, um, it's something you I mean, do. I, I, see, I see how that's, you know, it's not natural. They are doing something to you, but it's not medication, so I'd say it's a more natural route. Yeah, I agree, definitely. And it's it's something that you can only, like, I think they do it only after, like, 38 or 39 weeks. Like, they won't even do that. In the- they won't do it until after 39 weeks. My midwife had to get special approval because I was only 38 weeks when she did it. Oh, okay, but okay. My my other kids came before 39 weeks, so like naturally so she didn't want to wait to 39 weeks because he was probably gonna come before then okay and then so the mucus plug I had no idea what a mucus plug it's so disgusting but I feel like people need forewarning about this damn thing because I was like what is happening and bloody show what the heck 
yeah, the first time Bloody Show really freaked me out. I was at the hospital already, because like I said, they induced me. And I asked the doctor, I was like, ah, I'm bleeding. She's like, yeah, that's normal. <laughs> but I had no idea that that was going to happen. Yeah, so what it is is like, well, the mucus plug is literally like a big loogie that is the plug that that separates like your baby in the womb to the outside world it's a big barrier for like to help keep everything you know sealed up and stuff yeah and for me mine just kind of like slowly shed i would say over weeks because i was walking around one centimeter for a week and then i was walking around three centimeters for another week and then i went into late or then my water broke but I was just so fluidy at the end there, and I gave birth five days early, so, um, you know, I was, whatever, 39 weeks and in two days or something like that, um, but, yeah, and then the bloody show. Yeah, that's pretty neat. It's pretty much what it sounds like. Like, once you lose your mucus plug and, you know, you're having, you're in labor, you know, it's. You just start losing things down there, blood and fluid. And after your water breaks, you're just losing fluid constantly. You know, it's always dripping down your leg, dripping everywhere, being gross. And so bloody show is just kind of like the beginning of that. It was just, you know, some, some blood and some lining and it just comes out and it's pretty gross. Yeah, and I would say that's like they say when you start experiencing or seeing a mucus plug or a bloody show, like you are about to be in active labor, like within 24 hours, 48 hours, something like that, they say is the statistic, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, with my kids, it didn't happen until I was pretty much in labor. So yeah, you were, it was like, okay, this is showtime, okay. Yeah, everything, everything was just all at once. There was no leading up to it or anything. So... I guess overall, um, what what's some advice that you could give to new moms that are pregnant or about to be pregnant or trying to get pregnant? You're an experienced mom of three. I guess I have a few little things of advice for pregnancy. Um, one, Ziploc freezer, like the gallon size in your car or in your purse or wherever you go. Or if you get sickness, you know, it's just kind of like a seal it up, you dispose of it, it's just like a clean way where you're not like, you know, barfing in somebody's trash can or in your car on the side of the road. It's just a nice and clean way to deal with it. That was something I learned with my second. <laughs> oh yeah, because you said and with, then, you said you didn't get s- sick until your second trimester, which is interesting. Right, yeah. Yeah, no, and everyone was different. I was Maverick, my third. I did not get sick at all, not one time. So it's just all very different. Um, That and then something nobody warned me about. I guess this isn't valuable for a first-time mom, but if you're going to be a second-time mom, or for you even, if you ever have more babies, the, nobody warned me of this, and I remember asking people after, like, why didn't you tell me about this? They were like, oh, I guess I just never really thought about it. Well, someone should have told me about this. You cramp so badly after you have your second baby, like, you think you're having another baby. And I'm not exaggerating. I thought something was wrong with me. I had my babies, were at the hospital, and I felt like I was having another baby. Like, I was contracting so bad. And it gets worse with every baby you have. Yes, I remember 
after you have your baby. And it gets worse when you're breastfeeding. It gets worse, like, you, I have to be on Tylenol. And I have a pretty high pain tolerance. This hurts. And I have to be on Tylenol for, like, 48 hours after I have a baby because of the after cramping. So this is um, the part where after you have a baby and your uterus is contracting back to its normal size. And so I remember being in the hospital with Jagger and every time she would like breastfeed and I would nurse her, she, I would feel this. And I, they, I remember you telling me that it's going to be worse with my second. And I'm petrified because I'm like, oh my God, I remember being in pain. I'm like, can I get Motrin? Can I get Tylenol? What can I get now? Like, I need something. Can I have the laughing gas that I had before. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was my first, you know, it wasn't really that big of a deal. I didn't, you know, it hurt, but it wasn't a big deal. But with my second, I'm telling you, like, I felt like I was having another baby. It was so bad. And then with my third, and I, re- I knew it was coming and it still was just as terrible. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, that's really good advice because honestly, even for first time moms I feel like it's good to know because I didn't know that either and I was really concerned I was like what is happening you just have a baby come out of you you then you have to deliver the placenta which I don't remember doing that like it was very like something that I think just happened like I was too consumed with her so I don't I don't even know how that happened um but I was so concerned I'm like am I bleeding out is there something like I was so concerned too it's insane but a couple of things that yeah. that you ever oh t- oh no tell me did you ever read the the girlfriend's guide to pregnancy no okay so it is just like a very humorously written book it's I feel like that's why there wasn't much for me my first pregnancy where I was like oh my goodness I didn't know this I didn't know this because it talked about the mucus plug it talked about all the grossness everything it talks about absolutely everything that you're gonna endure. And it's just kind of funny, and it's like a girlfriend talking to you or whatever. Um, so someone gifted that to me when I was pretty my first, and that book was a game changer. It is absolutely amazing. It's hilarious, but it gets down to every little detail about, like, pregnancy and even having the baby and after, like, what your body's going to go through and all of that. So that book was super helpful and amazing. Oh, awesome. And what's it called again? It's called The Girlfriend's Guide to Pregnancy. Perfect. Yeah, that's a good resource for people. I know that there's a lot of apps out there too um, that are great for that, but getting that book, I'm sure you can get it on like Amazon, um, eBooks, or anything like that as well. I know some things for me, um, I loved at the end of my pregnancy doing the raspberry leaf tea, the dates, um, having a yoga ball to sit on because my back, my lower back just killed. Um, Are there any things things little things like that that you think um could be helpful for soon-to-be moms i know for me i was boycotting getting a pregnancy pillow because like i it didn't bother like my back didn't bother me at all and then i was like at the very end of pregnancy and i was like i don't want to waste the money on one at this point because you know i only have like five weeks left or whatever like i don't want to waste the money on it I bought one and it was the best thing I ever did. It changed my sleeping. It changed my back. It was just the best thing. I remember somebody telling me that exact thing too. It might've been you like, don't wait because you'll definitely use it. Did you get the C one or did you get the full body U one? The full body one. (laughs) Me too. Okay. (laughs) Cause there's a, I couldn't use it with my third and I was devastated because I had the two 
so I had a, when I was pregnant with my third, I had a one-year-old and a two-year-old, yeah, in my bed with me and my husband, and we had a queen-size bed, so I didn't have room for my pregnancy pillow, and I was, like, devastated about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I thank you so much for coming on. I think that this was so helpful and I love hearing your story. I could listen to it a million times over about you giving birth to Eliana in the car. It's just so, so, (laughs) such a good story. I mean, oh, lastly, I did want to ask you about that. Didn't your husband say that he wanted to name her after the road? That or something? Yeah, we're pretty bad at naming our kids. Like we... We take forever and then basically we have to leave the hospital and they're like, you know, you need to name your kid now because it's still paperwork for leave. And so we hadn't named her yet, but we had kind of settled on a first name. So he was looking at all the roads around where we had her because he wanted to name her middle name after something like that. But just all the roads, it just wasn't working with the names of the roads. So he wanted to name her with her initials to be EMS because the EMS were the first people to get there. So he named her real name to have an M and she is EMF. Oh my God, I love that. I didn't even know about that before I just asked you recently. But I did want to thank you so much for coming on. I think so many people can benefit from this episode and we'll continue next week. Thank you so much, Ashley. I so appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. It was fun. We'll have to do it again. Oh, definitely. Well, that's it for today's show, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you go to your Apple Podcast app, which is the Purple Podcast app on your iPhones. Give us a five-star rating. You can also do the same on Spotify and Google Podcasts. Make sure you head to Instagram and follow us at the 20-something mom. Love you guys so much. Thanks so much for joining. We'll see you next week. Bye.